Our next scripture reading comes from John chapter 6, starting at verse 35. Hear the word of the Lord. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone who has seen the Father, not that anyone has seen the Father, except he who is from God, he has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the man in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven. So that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Amen. Well, as John uh, mentioned at the beginning of our service, Monday, Thursday, which uh, remembers the evening uh, when Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper and he gave the new commandment, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And I think it's fitting that this evening we continue reflecting on John. We've been preaching the Gospel of John on Sunday mornings and we're right in this passage in John chapter 6 uh, where Jesus says in verse 35, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And then down in verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus says that if you receive him, he is like special bread. That if you eat him, you will live forever. Uh, but this passage that I just read also answers an important question of why do some people eat the bread, Jesus, the living bread? Why do some people eat the bread and others don't? Why do some people accept him, believe in him, and others reject him? And this passage I just read to you in John chapter 6 gives some of the most profound and important answers to that question in the whole Bible. And in particular, um, it gives these two answers. Why? Have we come to eat the bread of life? Two answers. First, we were given to Jesus by God. God gave us to Jesus. And second, because Jesus will turn away no one who comes to him. 
two reasons. And so I'd like to just take a few moments this evening to reflect on both of those reasons and think about how they influence how we think about that Jesus says we're supposed to love one another the way he has loved us. And so a couple answers this, this evening to this question. Why would we come to believe that Jesus is the bread of eternal life? And the first answer is this. We were given to Jesus by the Father. If you believe in Jesus, that means you were God the Father's gift to Jesus, which is often not how we think of it. We generally think about that Jesus was God's gift to us, and of course he was. The Bible says that. But you see the language in this passage where it says in verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. Verse 39, and this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. So the only reason that someone comes to believe in Jesus is because before the worlds began, the Father appointed a chosen group of people that were God's gift to his son. And Jesus received that gift, and that's why it's for those chosen people who are a gift that he came and lived and he died for for those that were given to him. Now, I know that that's troubling for some people. Why didn't Jesus give everyone, why didn't God the Father give everyone to Jesus? And um, that's a mystery. But I think one of the things that we have to acknowledge is that this is partly our experience, right? Um, How God deals with everyone is unique and different. He doesn't deal with everyone uniquely. And all of us have known people where you have two people who maybe were loved in the same way by Christian friends. And they heard the same presentation of the gospel. And one person says, eh, no thanks. And the other person has a life-changing experience. What's the difference? Why do they respond differently? Well, Jesus tells us pretty plainly in these verses, in verse 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. We must be drawn to Jesus by an irresistible grace. And, you know, for those of you who put your trust in Jesus, you probably maybe experienced that at some time. Maybe you had a life where you say, you know, I was... Did not believe in Jesus, and then something changed in me. My heart changed where I was drawn to him. I wanted to know him. That's the irresistible grace. And, um, and you might think that that sounds unfair, that such an experience would happen to some and not to others. But again, it's consistent with how we experience reality. You know, there's a, there's a pastor named Abraham Kuyper, a Dutch uh, theologian who actually became the prime minister of the Netherlands in the early 20th century. He's a brilliant man. He, he gave these lectures at Princeton in, uh, in the uh, late uh, 19th, uh, 19th century and uh, called the Stone Lectures. And he was talking about how all of nature has this sovereign selectivity of God in it. He says, you know, you even look at the animals. Why is one bird born a nightingale and one bo- bird is born a crow? God's appointment. Why is one animal a horse and the other animal is a pig? God's appointment. And, you know, it's, it's true in human life as well. You know, why are some of us athletic? Some of us are uncoordinated. God's appointment. Why are some of us tall? Some of us short? Why are, you know, uh, why am I a boy or why am I a girl? You know, it's all because of God's appointment. And what Kuiper says, this is God's sovereign appointment of all things in his creation. This extends into our spiritual, spiritual lives as well. And, uh, and there is nothing more humbling, no 
more humbling reality than to believe that the only reason I'm a Christian is because God decided to give me to Jesus. Not because of anything in me, but simply because of his grace. Now, I'm going to come back to that, but I think this is actually an important point for us to be a loving community. So I'm going to come back to that. So first, so that's the first reason. We're, God the Father gave us to Jesus. And these are robust, robust statements about God's sovereignty in our salvation. But these statements are also paired with statements about God's wide open offer to all people to come to Jesus. So the second reason that we believe in Jesus is because, is because Jesus will turn away no one who comes to him. That's why we've come to him. And you see that verse 37 pairs these two ideas where it says, All that the Father gives to me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. Jesus says to all people everywhere, there is no obstacle. There is nothing holding you back. There is nothing shameful in your life. There is no sin. It's not your ethnicity, your culture, your gender. Nothing can hold you back from coming and experiencing my grace. It is an open offer to all people. And in fact, other parts of the Bible go even further to not only say that Jesus will accept anyone who comes to him, but actually Jesus commands all people everywhere to come to him. It says that God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. 1 Timothy 2 says that God desires that all men be saved. That is truly God's desire. God does not command all people to come to him unless God desires that. It is God's desire. And so when we ask the question, does God want everyone to come to Jesus? Well, that's a complicated answer. On the one hand, we'd say in God's eternal decree before the worlds began, he gave a chosen people to Jesus and is those that he came to die for and to save. It is also true that his call to all people to turn to Jesus and to be welcomed by him with open arms, that God, yes, desires that all people be saved. And you might wonder, well, which of these is more true about God? Which one's the dominant one? Which is more important? Neither. They are both equally true about him. And we need to know both truths about him because both communicate the unmerited grace of God that, are, that is ours in Jesus. And so when we come to the commandment of Maundy Thursday, Jesus says you should love the way that he has loved us is how we should love each other. And we say, well, how has Jesus loved us? Well, the first thing is that Jesus sees each one of us as a gift that has been given to him by the Father. That's how we should see each other. Each one of you is a gift that God has brought into my life. God the Father has brought into my life. And because we were a gift to Jesus, he died for us. He laid down his life for us. He served us. And so because each of you is a gift to me and we are gifts to each other, we should lay down our lives for each other and serve one another and love one another. How else did Jesus love us? He turned away no one who came. Doesn't matter how messed up their life was. Doesn't matter the bad decisions they made. There was no one that turned away. He says, no one who comes to me, I will turn away. And that is true about this community as well. When we believe that about ourselves, that Jesus didn't turn us away, there is no one that will be turned away when they come to this community. And so this profound statement of grace makes us a community of grace. And this is the message that Jesus, on the night before his death, he wanted to communicate to his disciples his most important command, that just as I have loved you, you should love one another. Let's pray together.
Lord Jesus, we praise you for the love that you have shown us. We can all testify how we have experienced that in our life. We thank you that you have called us to yourself. We thank you that you have died for us in our sins, that you were raised for our life, and that you did not turn us away when we came to you. We pray that your love would shape us as a community so that we would show that love to one another and show that love to anyone who walks through these doors. It's in your name we pray. Amen.